This is uh, our believers meeting, February 27th, 2021. And let's turn to um, 2 Timothy 3. We'll start there. We're going to look at quite a few scriptures today. And we want to continue uh, to talk some more about our covenant protection. Uh, do you think that's something that would be beneficial in the days that we live in? I believe it is. Amen. Second Timothy 3, verse 1. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. And he goes on to talk about the behavior and the attitude in society at the time. The Common English Bible says, understand that the last days will be dangerous times. The Passion Translation says, but you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. Now that's not what we're believing for, <laughs> but you know, uh, we're already seeing some signs of it, aren't we? Yes. So because of the curse, because everyone is not going to get saved, uh, and some people are living under the influence of the devil and demons, the world is not going to get any safer. But on an individual level, uh, we can do uh, everything in the natural we can to make our home, our families, our business, and our possessions safe and secure. We have authority over the devil. We have authority over ourselves. We have authority over our family, our possessions, our neighborhood, and our town. But we do not have authority over the whole world. And we don't have authority over everybody else in the whole world. Now, last time, we started looking at Psalm 91, and we saw that when it comes to covenant protection, that God has a part and we have a part. And a part of our part is to say, God, you are my God, you are my defender, you are my protector, you are my fortress, you are my refuge, and you I trust. Amen. And uh, our words of faith give God something to work with. We saw that just because uh, God allows something does not mean that he caused it. And it does not mean that it was his will for it to happen. Uh, people also have a free will. And uh, they must make God their God in order for him to be responsible for their protection. Uh, we saw that when God's people turned away from him and replaced him with other gods, when they got in trouble and they came to him for help, he said, well, you know, what are you coming to me for? Uh, go, why don't you go to your new God? See if they can help you. Uh, you know, as long as, as uh, Israel had a godly, righteous leaders, which is why we need godly, righteous leaders, uh, their enemies could never overtake them. God, I don't care how outnumbered they were, God always saw to it that they triumphed over their enemies. But as soon 
as uh, they would get an ungodly leader in there and he would begin to turn the people away from God. Uh, things started to go downhill and they began to be overrun by their enemies. Even if they outnumbered their enemies, uh, they, they were always defeated. And we see this happen over and over and over throughout the Old Testament. The more nations turn away from God and they don't want God in the government, they don't want God in the courthouse, the schools, the public square. Uh, you, you cannot kick God out and continue to expect his protection. Uh, without God's protection, the world is a very dangerous place. So this is why it's important that uh, we have godly leaders who are implementing uh, righteous biblical policies even if they're not Christians, uh, they need to fear God and, uh, and be willing to do uh, what's right according to the word of God. Even, even, you know, they may not even understand that's what they're doing, but, but if they have a fear of God, God can use them. Now let's turn to Psalm 4. I'm going to be reading uh, pretty much from the New King James today. Psalm 4, verse 8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makes me dwell in safety. You know, that's a good, that's a good scripture, you know, if you're in a, a dangerous place, isn't it? Uh, maybe you've you wound, in a, wound up in a dodgy place and, uh, you, you know, you can go to sleep on that verse. Amen. Passion Translation says, Now because of you, Lord, I will lie down in peace, and sleep comes at once. For no matter what happens, I will live unafraid. Let's say that together. No matter what happens, no matter what happens I will live unafraid. I will live unafraid. Amen. Amen. The New English Testament says, I will lie down and sleep peacefully. For you, Lord, make me safe and secure. The Good News translation says, When I lie down, I go to sleep in peace. You alone, O Lord, keep me perfectly safe. Let's say that together. You alone, O Lord, you alone, o Lord keep me perfectly safe. Keep me perfectly safe. Amen. Now, let's hold our place there in Psalms because we will be back over that way. And let's turn to 2 Corinthians 11. Second Corinthians 11, 26. And I'm going to read this from the New International Revised Version. It says, uh, I have had to keep on the move. I have been in danger of rivers. I have been in danger of robbers. I have been in danger from my fellow Jews, 
and in danger from Gentiles. I have been in danger in the city, in the country, and at sea. I have been in danger from people who pretended they were believers. So Paul was well acquainted with danger, wasn't he? <laughs> he was well acquainted with dangerous circumstances. Uh, among his own people and Gentiles, people who faked being a Christian, they pretended they were Christians, you know, just to get in, inside. Uh, so, so he's speaking from personal experience. That's what he's trying to say. Now, uh, let's go back. Um, well, uh, we won't turn there. You can write down 2 Timothy 3, verse 10 and 11. 2 Timothy 3, verse 10 and 11. I'll just read it to you. It says, that now this is the same Paul that just talked about all of his experience with danger, and he's writing to Timothy here, and he says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which come unto me at which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Amen. He said, I was in danger everywhere, but the Lord delivered me out of them all. Psalm, uh, I think it's 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Amen. All. The voice, the voice translation of 2 Timothy 3, uh, 10 and 11 says, I endured all of it. And the Lord rescued me from it all. The Passion says, Yet the Lord delivered me from every single one of them. Amen. So the Lord has not promised that we will never be in a dangerous situation. But we do have his word that he will protect us, he will guard us, he'll keep us, he'll rescue us, and he will guide us. Uh Psalm 34, 19, I mentioned that. The Passion Translation says, Even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. Amen. That's good. The New American Standard says, The afflictions of the righteous are many, but the Lord rescues them. The Lord rescues him from them all. Amen. All means all. Let's say this together. I'm rescued from everyone. I am rescued from everyone. Delivered from everyone. Delivered from everyone. Protected from everyone. Protected from everyone. And saved from everyone. And saved from everyone. Now let's go back over to Psalm uh, 91 where we... Uh, were last time and we saw previously that it comes when it comes to divine protection God has a part and we have a part God's faithful to do his part and verse 1 and 2 
He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God and Him I will trust. So we mentioned that part of our part is saying with our mouth that He's our refuge, our fortress, our protector, and our words of faith give God something to work with. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We also believe and therefore speak. God created everything that we see by speaking. By, he released his faith by speaking. We got born again by believing in our heart and saying, you know, that Jesus is Lord and we believe that he's died for our sins and he's been raised from the dead. If we have a mountain that needs to be moved, we speak to it. Amen? Uh, we're speaking to Ben and Christina. We're expecting things to move and shift. Uh, they spoke to those skin tags on Ben's skin and they dropped off. Amen? Hallelujah. So, saying, it, saying uh, that we're protected, saying that God's our protector, our defender, and Him that we trust, this is part of giving God a legal right to protect us. We can't control other people, but as for us, we're going to say, the Lord's my shepherd, he's my refuge, he's my fortress, he's my defender. Now let's look up a few of these specific words here in Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place. This word dwell uh, means to sit, remain, or stay. So this is not talking about going out and coming in. It's not going back and forth. This is getting there and staying there. It's not just passing through. The secret place uh, in the Hebrew means a covering or a hiding place. A covering or a, a hiding place or a secret place. Uh, it's, that doesn't mean it's secret to us. It's secret to the devil. Amen? <laughs> it's a secret to the devil. It's a hiding place where he cannot get to us. That's the secret place of the Most High. Abide means to cause, to rest, or to lodge. To lodge there. One of the meanings of the word lodge is to become firmly fixed or embedded in a place. You know, something gets lodged in a crevice or something, it's embedded there. It's not coming out. Under the shadow, in the Hebrew, uh, refers to a shade or a, a, a protection. Shade is protection from extreme heat. Uh, some of the other translations say under the shade or under the protection of the Almighty. So a shade covers you and it protects you from the blazing heat of the sun. A refuge is a safe place. So in other words, the devil has to get past God in order to get to us when we're in this safe place. Amen? So why do people get into trouble and get destroyed sometimes? Well, they either don't get into the safe place or they leave the safe place. 
uh, because outside of this covering or this shade of God's protection, you could say it's kind of like an umbrella, you know, and, uh, and, and we kind of see that picture over there in Deuteronomy 28 where, you know, the first 14 verses, God said, if you obey my word and keep my commandments and so forth, all these blessings will come on you. Well, th if they kept God's word, they stayed under that umbrella of blessing and provision. But then in verse 15 to 63, it says, but if you do not obey my word and keep my commandments, all these curses will come on you. Well, that means when they didn't obey God and they, they withdrew and they began to worship other gods and they, they didn't keep his word, that means they, they walked away from that safe place and they walked away from that umbrella or that covering of protection. And the curse is out there. The curse is out there. So let's say this together. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. And verse 2 goes on to say, I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress. When you think of a fortress, you think of a castle with high walls and probably a moat that goes around it. What, what's the purpose of that? To keep the enemy out. To keep the enemy out. Verse 3, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust. So you'll notice these words, uh, shelter, under the shadow or under the shade of his wings. All these words describe a covering or, or a shelter, uh, a shelter, a place of protection. Now, uh, let's turn over to Psalm 61. There's lots and lots of psalms that talk about God's protection and being a refuge and so forth. Psalm 61, verse 1 to 4. Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide, there's the word abide again, in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. There's shelter again. So in this psalm, God is described as a shelter, a high rock, a fortified tower, a tabernacle or a pitched tent, and a mother hen with outstretched wings. So all these words describe a place of, of refuge, a covering, or a safe place to hide. Now let's turn over to Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Um, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. 
My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Now, the, uh, the Hebrew word here uh, that we're going to see as we continue to read here. Well, let's, let's go on to verse 4. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Now, the word um, keep, keeper, preserve, we see these words in this psalm six times. This is the Hebrew word shamar, and it appears 450 times in the Old Testament. The very first time we find it is in Genesis 2, where God commanded Adam to keep the garden, to tend and keep the garden. He was to guard it. He was to watch it. He was to protect it. That's what the word shamar means. Uh, and that's where we find it used for the first time. So this says, God neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's the one who keeps us. He protects us. He guards us. He watches over us. That, all those words come from this, uh, this word shamar uh, is translated all these different words throughout the Old Testament. Preserve, protect, watch, guard, keep. They all come from the same Hebrew word. So this says God neither sleeps nor slumbers. So he's always on duty. Uh, one of the, um, there, there's a variation of this word shamar, which is shomer. Uh, shomer Israel means the God who watches. The God who watches over Israel. And like I said, as long as, as Israel made God first and they, uh, uh, they put God first and, and they didn't pull away from God and reject God and, and follow other false gods, as long as they put God first, God watched over them and he protected them. He was, he was uh, their, guard and, their guardian and, and he watched over them. Um, Let's carry on here. Uh, the Lord is your keeper, Shamar. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall strike you by day. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. So this here pictures this shade again of protection. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. Preserve, that's the word Shamar again. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in uh, from this time forth and even forevermore. Uh, verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. The, the new uh, century version says the Lord will protect you from all dangers. He will guard your life. Verse 8 in the Common English Bible says, The Lord will protect you on your journeys. This covers traveling, doesn't it? The Lord will protect you on your journeys, on your traveling, whether going or coming, from now until forever, 
from now. The Passion Translation says, You will be guarded by God himself. You will be safe when you leave your home, and safely you will return. Amen? So virtually every day when I get in the car and I drive to work or wherever I'm going, almost every time, I say, Lord, uh, you know, I cover this car with the, the blood of Jesus. Uh, I declare with my mouth by faith, I go wherever I'm going safely. I remain there safely, and I come back safely to my doorstep this afternoon, nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen? And uh, I go there, and I'm going to remain safely and come back. Amen? Hallelujah. So, so that's part of what I'm doing. I'm, I'm speaking this over myself. I'm declaring that uh, I don't cause accident to, accident to anyone else, and no one else causes accident to me, and I will not be involved in an accident in this car. In Jesus' name, amen? So this is all part of this saying that God gives God a legal right to protect us and gives him words of faith to work with. Now, um, uh, this says, God neither sleeps nor slumbers. He keeps Israel. Uh, you know, this. Uh, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. You know, a shepherd guards and watches over the sheep. A, a good shepherd, uh, you know, what does a good shepherd do? When, when the wolf comes, if, if the shepherd's a good shepherd, what does he do? He gets between the sheep and the wolf, doesn't he? He gets between them. And he's got that rod in his hand. And he says, uh-uh, no, you don't. You're not coming near my sheep. Amen? So, that's, so the devil has to get uh, through God before he can get to us. Amen? As long as we're in this secret place. And in John 10, Jesus contrasted the good shepherd who protects and guards the sheep with a hireling who runs away when the wolf comes. But Jesus said, I'm... I'm the good shepherd. Amen? Now, let's talk for a minute about how, how does God protect us. The word protect, uh, the English word protect, comes from two Latin words, and it means covered in front. Covered in front. So we see this description of a covering again. God, the way God protects us is by covering us. God can... Uh, cover us as individuals. He can cover uh, a family. He can cover a nation. But without God, there's not enough police. There's not enough weapons. There's not enough military. There's not enough airbags in the car. Huh? Yeah, there's not enough vaccines uh, to keep us safe. That's a good point. Amen. There's not enough vaccines to keep us safe without God. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, we do all we know to do in the natural. We lock our doors at night. We lock our doors when we leave home. We fasten our seatbelts, uh, you know, but that's not what we ultimately put our trust in. We do all these things in the natural. Uh, people that are trusting in the government and the police to keep them safe, their faith is misplaced. 
because it can take a long time for the police to get to your house. You know what I mean? And if somebody goes pow, that's pretty fast, you know? So, so uh, the police can't get there that quick. So God is our defender. He's our refuge and fortress. In him we trust. So staying in this secret place, this safe place, under his covering is also involved in giving God a legal right to protect us. Now, we as believers, we have authority over the devil, and we have the authority to keep Satan off of our territory, out of our homes, out of our family, out of our possessions, and our neighborhood, and our town. We have the authority to do that. Satan has no right to come on our territory. But now sometimes Christians make their way over into the devil's territory. Now, if we accidentally wind up in the devil's territory, you know, no fault of our own, we just wind up in a dangerous situation, or, um, you know, it, people could ignorantly uh, wind up in a situation like that, um, you know, we, we, we can, or, or if we had to go into a dangerous situation, you know, in order to maybe rescue somebody or something, if, if, or if we had, if we were just thrust into a dangerous situation, no fault of our own, we can expect God to protect us. But sometimes Christians venture over into the devil's territory. Uh, and when that happens, when, when Christians go into the devil's territory, um, you know, they are limiting God's protection. And the devil, they're giving the devil a legal right to bust them in the nose. Now, uh, that's because they have left the safe, the safe place. And they've gone uh, over into the devil's territory. They've left the secret place of the Most High, and they've left the safe place. When, when Christians go into these shady nightclubs, and Hippodrome, and these places like that, um, they shouldn't be surprised if they come out busted in the nose, or maybe something worse, you know? Because they, they're on the devil's territory now, and, and the devil has a legal right to bust them in the nose. Um, you know, how many times have good people been in the wrong place at the wrong time? Uh, the church I was going to in America before I came here, it wasn't a word church, but it was a, a charismatic church. And there was a family there who had a couple of kids. I remember they went to this rock concert. And the next week they came back home, they had some funny things going on in their house, like curtains opening and closing by themselves and stuff like this. Really weird stuff that... Uh, you couldn't explain. And they, uh, I remember them talking about it in church and all that, and, and they finally, they finally put it down to what they believed. Uh, some of those spirits at that rock concert came home with their kids and was causing funny things to go on in their house. So, um, you know, we need to be, uh, yeah, 
about not venturing over on the devil's territory because he, we're giving him a legal right to bust us in the nose when that happens. Now, um, let's turn to Isaiah 25. Isaiah 25. Isaiah 25, verse 4. We're going to see some, uh, another verse here, how God protects us. For you have been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. You recognize some of these words again? Refuge, shade. For the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. Now, refuge and shade, again, describes a covering. This word uh, refuge uh, is the same word found in Psalm 91.2 where it says, uh, you know, uh, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the show of the, of, of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge. Very same word, moxa, and it means a shelter, refuge, protection, fortress, a hope, a place of trust, and a shelter from storm. Now, in this verse, God is described as a refuge in a storm, a shade from the heat uh, where we are sheltered from the elements, from uh, elements that are not favorable. So it says when the uh, for the blast of the, uh, he, he's, he's our refuge uh, and from the storm, a shade from the heat, for the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. So when the terrible ones are blasting against you like a storm, this says God will be our shelter and our refuge. So when we're under the shelter in the safe place, that storm may be raging outside, but we can run to this shelter under, um, into this fortress. You know, it may have a door that weighs 400 pounds, you know, but you get that door open and close it. You're, you're not exposed to that storm anymore. You're not exposed to those elements. You're in that safe place where the storm cannot get to you and the enemy cannot get to you. You know, um, you know, you, you watch, you know, these uh, English films, you know, and, and these castles and uh, fortresses and the, uh, the enemies uh, trying to get in, you know. Well, these, the, all these people have run into this fortress, high walls, and they're looking down, they're looking down at the enemy, you know, who can't get to them. And they're just going, nah, 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 nah. You know what I mean? You can't get me. And, and that's, that's what we can do. But, but we need to stay there. We need to stay there. Because if we come out of that place and we're going, nah, 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 we're going we're, we're gonna to get it. You know what I mean? It's only in that safe place that we can say, devil, you can't touch me. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So we're, we're no longer exposed to the elements of the storm when we're in this, this fortress, this shelter, and this refuge of God's protection. 
Now let's turn to Matthew 23. And we'll see Jesus make a reference to this. Matthew 23, uh, 37. You know, this is... Um, in verse 34, he says, uh, Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. Uh, then he goes on to say, verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, the one uh, that kills the prophets and stonest them, which are sent to thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Now here, uh, Jesus is expressing, he's looking out over Jerusalem and before he goes to the cross, and he is expressing his disappointment and his sorrow and his regret that the people have not come to him. He said, God sent prophets to you. He sent men and women of God to you, calling you, calling you to come to me, calling you back into this safe place, back to this refuge, back to this place of safety. Uh, and, and, and Israel as a whole did not. That's what Jesus said here, but, but you, you were not willing. You were not willing. He said, I sent prophets to call you to me to come run. You know, when the enemy comes, when the wolf comes, run to the place of safety, but you would not. In verse 38, he says, see your house is left to you desolate. The uh, New Testament in English says, your house has been abandoned by God. It's a ruin. The voice translation says, surely, surely you can see that God has already removed his blessing from the house of Israel. Why? Because they, they would not uh, come to this safe place. They, they rejected Jesus as a whole. Uh, and, and the religious leaders, the people who should have been leading the people, they, they as a group rejected Jesus and they they would not come to this place of safety. So what, what is the result going to be? Well, he goes on in, in tw verse, uh, chapter 24 there. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Is Jesus describing that this temple and Jerusalem is going to be destroyed? Yes. yes. And he's just explained why. Because he, God was calling the people to come, to come back to him, to, uh, to come to Jesus to come to the Good Shepherd so that they could be protected. 
And, and God had a legal right to protect them, but they would not. Was it God's will that they be, that Jerusalem be destroyed? No, absolutely not. And this is what Jesus was expressing his sorrow and his regret and his disappointment over it. He, he said, I wanted, you know, uh, you know, when the chicken, little chicks are out in the, the, in the yard, when that fox comes um, and, and, and the mother sees it, and she lets out a cackle. They know, I don't know how those chicks know to run, but they know to run to her and they know where to run. But, and she tells them, the enemy is coming. You better get in here. And that's, that's what Jesus is saying here. But it, but, but it says, you, you were not willing. So it was, it was not God's will for Jerusalem uh, to be destroyed. Now let's turn to one last scripture, 1 Peter 5. First Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. The Common English Bible says, Be clear-headed, keep alert. That's what it means, sober, vigilant. These are words that the King James, New King James uses. It means be clear-headed and keep alert. The EHV says, have sound judgment. Have sound judgment. got somebody else have sound judgment when people get drunk or their own drug on drugs they lose their judgment don't they they lose their mental faculties they don't think straight they can't they're they're not clear-headed they're not alert uh, and and when people are or, you know, under the influence of alcohol and drugs and things like that, they will take chances and they will do things that they would never do otherwise. This says, have sound judgment, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, we've probably all heard of stories where people got drunk or were under the influence of drugs or something and they never made it home. You know what I mean? Uh, they're not with us anymore. Uh, now this doesn't say that the, the devil is a lion, and it doesn't say that he devours everybody. Uh, if the devil could devour everybody, he would. Yeah. If he could devour everybody, he would, but he cannot. It says he acts like a lion, yeah. looking for someone to devour. Why can't he devour everybody? Because he can't, he's looking because he can't find everybody. He can't find everybody because he sees us in the secret place of the Most High, amen, and he can't get to us. 
He can't get to you. He can't get to your kids. He can't get to your business or your possessions or your finances. You know, you see these uh, documentaries in Africa, and you'll see these herd of antelopes or something like that. And they'll show a lion uh, in following along behind, uh, you know, close enough to see them, but the lion's following along behind, or sometimes they're out on the fringes of this herd, you know, and they're looking. And they're looking for one that they can devour. And they're, they're looking for maybe a, a weak one or one that's been injured or and is straggling behind or something like that. Uh, or uh, what, huh? A baby one. Yeah, maybe a baby one, yeah. Or for some reason, one of these animals is straggling behind. They're, in other words, they're not with the rest of the herd. And you could say believers that are not in fellowship with other believers. Amen? They're just out there on their own. Uh, they've left the safe place. They're exposed <clears throat> to the enemies. These are the ones who get devoured. These are the antelopes that get devoured. These are the people that get devoured because they either don't get in the safe place or they, they leave the safe place. Now, we are not to be fearful about something bad happening to us uh, where it says be sober and, and vigilant. Uh, we're not to be fearful. We're just to be watchful and alert. Sometimes we see uh, in the... King James Version, it uses the word circumspect. It just means be aware of what's going on around you. You know, don't be fearful. Don't be afraid something bad's going to happen, but just be alert and watch. It just means watchful. What, what is this reference, Bob? 1 Peter 5, 8. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to be trained to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and not rely on trying to uh, reason things out or have everything explained to us. You know, sometimes we're not going to have time for God to explain to us why we need to get out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we, we don't have time for a uh, page explanation. You know, we just get this check in our spirit or we, you know, we're aware of what's going around us and we think, I need to get out of here. You know what I mean? 1 Peter 5, 9, resist him steadfast in the faith. Now, I heard Billy Brim talking about, she was talking about along these lines, uh, and she was also teaching on the authority that we have as believers. And she was saying every day, and I can't say I do it, I can't say I never miss a day, but I try to do it very regular. We should surround or cover ourselves and our family and name them all by name and say Satan I cover and I surround every member of my family and name them off name by name including myself and you can't touch us amen you can't touch us that's that's us using our authority that's us in the, the secret place, the safe place. And what we're doing, we're resisting the devil. We can, and, and also, 
uh, I cover and I surround uh, our homes, our possessions, our lands, our vehicles, our monies, our jobs, our hobbies, and you can't touch them, and you can't touch us. Amen? Now, I would suggest doing that. Amen? That, that's, that's, giving, that's resisting the devil. It's keeping him out. It's keeping, uh, you're in that fortress. You're in that fortress, and the devil cannot get in. Amen? So I would suggest, I would suggest you do that. And in the study notes, I'll try to incorporate, incorporate that for you. Uh, but, but you, you, every day, you, you cover your family and your possessions and job and vehicles, everything with the blood of Jesus, and you say, Satan, you can't touch us. Amen? Hallelujah. That's one way we can resist him. So let's say this together. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my protector, my, protector, my, God, my God, and Him I trust. He covers me. He covers me. All that is mine. All that is mine. All that I have. All that I have. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. Some trust in horses. Some trust in vaccines. <laughs> but we will remember the name. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Of the Lord our God. When the enemy comes, when the enemy comes, you call, you call, and we come running, and we come running to the safe place. To the safe place. We will always be in the right place. We will always be in the right place at the right time. At the right time. And never in the wrong place. And never in the wrong place at the wrong time. At the wrong time. Amen. Amen.